Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Three years this year, uh, June. Um, and since since I've been here, the, the size of the bags have changed tremendously um, because people are are able to travel a whole lot more. There's more avenues to travel, so with that comes more and more luggage, bigger bags, and you know people who like to carry baggage with us no matter where we go. So it, it's changed a lot. It, it just depends um, where the flight is really coming from, but we do see a lot of bags that are locked, um, that are that are, are heavy, filled to capacity. So I work as a customer service agent here at the check-in counter, and the heaviest bag I've ever had was 95 pounds. The most a family has checked in, and it was a family of two, and they checked 12 bags, and all overweight. So all of them were over 50 pounds, 12 bags. For your safety, please report any suspicious items or behavior, and do not leave your luggage on the bed. All right. Hey, don't leave your baggage unattended. That's dangerous, especially if it's 95 pounds. It's interesting, right? We love luggage. Uh, first service talked about, I don't know what 12 bags over the weight limit would be. Somebody did the math for me. And so about $2,800. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you know, we laugh at that. That's a lot. But man, we pay a lot to keep our baggage, don't we? We pay a very high price to keep our baggage just in life. Uh, when God is desiring for us to walk free, he's created ways in his word and principles and truths that if we'll apply them to our life and trust him in it, we can find some freedom. And that's the whole point of our series, Unpack Your Bags. Uh, This morning or last night as I was getting all my notes sent uh, to everybody that was going to take care of everything for me this morning, I had normally my notes at the the top of the email will say the series title and then my message title for the day. And so I sent it and then last night Sherry uh, helps me get everything in order, came to me this morning and are you sure about your series title? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's week three. It's the same one. And here's apparently what I must have sent this morning. I'm back. <laughs> so I meant to keep that for the next men's breakfast. But anyway, so I just, no. <laughs> I don't care what you think. That's. <laughs> hey, let it go. Let it go. Gosh. Let it go. Release the baggage. Let's go. I'm just kidding. Uh, I can't believe I sent that, but nonetheless, pretty funny. Anyway, it's fun to laugh in church. Uh, you have to forgive me. You have to love me. So there we go. All right. So we're in week three. And you can turn to 2 Corinthians for me, chapter 10. Week three, unpacking your bags. And again, the, the whole idea behind this is there's a freer life to live um, that God intended for you and I. I think on our journey of life, perhaps maybe most of us are headed in the right direction. I don't know what that looks like for you. 
Here's what I do know about the destination. If God has set that in motion for you, it's better than anything you could ever hope, imagine, or dream. You can trust him. Trust him with your destination. So the destination typically isn't the problem that we have on our journey. Uh, the journey really isn't even the issue either. We are in life and, and things happen, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. We're overcomers. Typically, the challenge is not the destination, not necessarily even the journey, but the baggage that we carry with us. And again, God created a ways for, us to, for you and I to walk in greater freedom, and we need to travel light, unpack our bags, and enjoy the journey more. Enjoy um, our time here on the planet. It's a short time. The Bible says it's but a vapor. It's a mist. But while we're here, we can live a freer life, I believe. And along the way, we've accumulated some baggage in different areas of our life and for different reasons. And I think people, for the most part, understand that, but we sometimes haven't been taught how to release that and release that into the Lord. And so uh, because God wants us to live free, he's created way truths and things that we can apply to our life. And so that's our whole point of the series. Uh, We're gonna find the truth of God's word so we can release our bags uh, because it's cost us way too much for way too long. And so God never intended for us to live carrying all that. He bore that, Jesus bore that, uh, bore those stripes, bore that on the cross so we could live free, amen? So you can go back if you haven't been able to come the last couple weeks and go online. I don't want to review. You can check all that out. But here's our foundational passage of scripture, 2 Corinthians 10. Let's start there this morning, uh, starting with verse three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage world uh, war as the world does, meaning we face natural things in the world, but you and I, or those that are Christ's followers, we have something greater to draw upon. Instead of just facing our natural challenges in life with natural means or natural mindsets, our natural strategies, we can call on a higher power, um, and that is what's been provided you and I. It goes on to say that, in fact, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Do what you know to do in the natural, but bring the supernatural or the spirit and power of God into your everyday life. On the contrary, they have, or our weapons have divine power. Say divine power. Because they are divine, they are from God. We have heavenly power, godly power to demolish. I love the word demolish. We're not just trying to get some breathing room. We're not just trying to get a break. I just need a little bit of weight lifted off. God wants us to completely destroy and demolish the strongholds or the things that have a stronghold in our life. And the word strongholds really is our word baggage, the baggage, the things that we've allowed into our life. Um, God has provided a way for you and I to not just release those, but to demolish them. Uh, you, we have a tendency at, at times as humans, we'll, we'll put a bag up and then go get it back, right? <laughs> we might just move it out of the way a little bit and then we will know where it's at. Where'd I put that? Where'd that go? And Uh, But God's intent is for it to be demolished, completely destroyed. Now, the way we do that is by uh, this. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Pretension means every claim. So we demolish every argument and every claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So that means you and I need to walk in the knowledge of God. Amen? We need to have a knowledge of God. How much knowledge of God do you have and are you walking in? That's what we need to be about. We need to be growing in our knowledge of God. That's why reading your Bible is important, getting involved in small groups, coming to church, participating in those ways. Increase your knowledge of God, and then we can take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what we need to do is change our thinking. We need to get our thinking in line with the knowledge of God. Because the lies of the enemy, the baggage will set itself up against the knowledge of God. And if we don't have that thought in us, that belief in us, then we fall victim to that and add baggage to our life. Otherwise, we can walk free in greater freedom by having the thoughts that are in line with God, the knowledge of God. Amen? 
You see that there. And so what we have to understand is we are spiritual beings. Now I want you to really understand that because I think a lot of people think we are natural beings that have spiritual experiences and that's not true. We are spiritual beings that have earthly experiences. I'm not a natural being that has a spiritual experience on Sundays and Wednesdays. Come on, that's not what I'm supposed to be anyways. I am a spiritual being that has earthly experiences in the short time that is a vapor or a mist, the Bible describes, while I'm on the planet. I'm a stranger and alien here. I'm a spirit being. My spirit man is gonna live on forever and eternity, which is a whole lot longer than the time here on the planet, amen? We are spirits that have natural earthly experiences. Let's not get them reversed. Again, we have to have the right thoughts. Therefore, our life is a spiritual life, so we need to address and deal with things spiritually. Do what you know to do in the natural, but then make sure you're bringing divine power into the equation, and just maybe it begins with thinking differently. See, we try and change or modify our behavior first, and it doesn't work that way. First thing we need to do is get the right mind, get the right beliefs, and then our behavior will follow that. Otherwise, just trying to modify your behavior without changing something on the inside, you're just gonna revert back to where it was. It can be worse than it was before. You're gonna actually pick up more baggage. And so let's understand the truth and power of God's word, and it begins with our minds and how we're thinking and getting in line with the knowledge of God so we can walk out the life in victory as God always intended. Uh, we have divine power and we need new thoughts to go with that. So change the way you think and you'll change your behavior. Today, we're gonna talk about an area that impacts every person. And last week, we talked about relational baggage or emotional baggage, and, and that affects every person, I believe, also. Uh, today is one I, I, I believe along the same lines. It impacts and affects our life and probably if we're honest with ourselves before God that we have a lot of baggage associated with that and that's in the area of our finances. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal in our life today. In fact, I'll tell you how big a deal it is try and take up an offering. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> hey, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. And really, what we need to understand is when we're operating in, from a spiritual dynamic, I want you to hear what I'm gonna say here and then I'll explain it. I want you to keep this in mind. Money is not neutral, money is spiritual. Ah, come on. It's just what you do with it. Okay, well we're gonna talk about that this morning because we're gonna get some new thoughts in line with the knowledge of God so thereby we can demolish the things that have a stronghold over our life. Okay, so we need to understand that money is spiritual. It is not neutral. Um, what you'll discover today is that it either has God's spirit on it or it has the world's spirit on it. There is no neutral ground. And, and I know, again, it sounds crazy, but let's just think about that for a moment. Come on, money's spiritual. Let's just think about it for a moment. Most people's problems center around it. Stress, pressure, fear, worry. In fact, if you just look at crime in today's world, murder, crimes, most of that stems from whatever the pursuit of money or getting gain at somebody else's expense. Uh, do you know what the number one cause for divorce is? Money. That may be surprising to somebody, but the number one cause for divorce is money. Um, it's, we live in a world that's trying to buy tickets for a $1.3 billion lottery and it just drives us and compels us. Or we're up and down with the stock market. In fact, not long ago, it just kind of took a dive and I know people that lost lots and lots of money. I mean, I look in the news, I see some company lose billions just because of one downturn or an oil boom that we're doing good and, and we're doing good on that. All of a sudden it changes or, or they stop production or whatever and we're enjoying $1.40 at the gas pumps but the people in company that make a living off oil are people have lost their jobs. 
it really impacts really every area of our life. And if you don't think it's spiritual, just turn on the TV and see all the things associated with money and life. Um, but understand this, God has a better plan, amen? God has a better plan for your life. There's something spiritual about it, and if you don't understand it, you'll add to your baggage, and it will lead you wherever it wants you to go or to settle. Let's take a look at Luke 16. Let's start reading in verse nine. And I say to you, and I love, this is a little confusing scripture. I'm gonna explain it to you, so hang in there with me. But then I believe you're just, the revelation will just really motivate you and excite you. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Now, that word mammon uh, is the word uh, for money. And this is the New King James Version. I'm not sure what version you have. I chose the New King James Version because it has a correct translation of this word, being mammon. A lot of yours will say money or riches. And that would be not correct except if that word money or riches is capitalized. It's not an object here, I'll explain that in a moment. So it says unrighteous mammon or money, so make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon or your money, that when you fail, it literally means in the original, when you fail, it means when you die, you're no longer alive on the earth, that they, those friends you made with the money, may receive you into an everlasting home. What that means is this, that use the money you have to help impact and help other people's lives. And then when your life comes to an end, all those lives that you've touched and impacted by how you use your resources, they'll be waiting for you in heaven and welcoming you into that place. In other words, if you use the money the way God intends to help change and impact people's lives, when your life ends on the planet, all those lives that have gone on before you will be the welcoming party, thanking you and celebrating you and thank you. You don't know this, but you sowed seed into a motorcycle in India and that guy showed up at my village one day, changed my life forever. You don't know this, but I'm in Mexico and you helped build a church down there and because of that, they came, knocked on a door and gave us groceries. Our life was changed. You don't know this, but you built a building back here enabling us to spend expand our children's ministry so more families and more kids can come. And I was a child that grew up in that ministry. You don't know it, but you gave, you used your money in a way that impacted my life for eternity. Come on. You need to have the right thoughts. The right thinking, the right thoughts. Okay, I'd love to keep going on that one. I gotta keep moving. Okay, next one. Let's go on to the next one, verse 10. And since that... Therefore, he who is faithful is in what is least will also be faithful in what is much. He who is unjust in what is least will be unjust in what is much. In much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, there's our word, who will commit to you, or who will commit to your trust the true riches? We'll talk about that at the end of the message. True riches. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No one. No servant can serve two masters. Now listen to this. No servant can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. What are we talking about? There's no neutral here. Do you get that? So what are we talking about then? You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God or mammon. Money is spiritual. It is not neutral. It either has the spirit of God attached to it or it has the spirit of mammon or the spirit of this world. Now that word mammon Actually, let me explain that word to you to help understand that better. The word uh, mammon is, is not an object. In the Greek, it's the word mammonis, M-A-M-M-O-N-E-S, which means the God of riches. Mammon was a Syrian god. 
Syrians worshiped mammon. He was the Syrian god. The whole goal of mammon was to control people's lives through the love of money. It's a spirit that rests on money. That's why I say money is spiritual. And if you don't understand it or don't pay attention to it, then you will operate perhaps in a way that you'll be operating under the spirit of mammon and it will add baggage to your life instead of freedom. So either it has the spirit of God attached to it or the spirit of mammon, and you determine which it has on there. You do. So when we look at this, there is no neutral ground here. It's either you're doing things to attach the spirit of God to it or you're doing things to attach the spirit of mammon to it. Therefore, when we look at our baggage, our baggage there, when it comes with finances, comes because it has the spirit of mammon on it. So what we need to do then is operate it in a way that we attach the spirit of God to it and we find freedom, Amen. And we even today can release, uh, that, find release and freedom from the things that we've allowed in our life through the spirit of mammon by doing the things that God encourages and tells us to do. Mammon wants to take the place of God in your life. And when you have the wrong thoughts or thinking, it ruins your life. And again, if you don't believe me, just turn on the TV. You can see that everywhere around the world, you can see the love of money destroying lives all day. So what mammon does is put a love or appetite in your heart for things And mammon will make promises only God can keep. That's how mammon gets you to buy in. That's where baggage comes from. Mammon offers three promises, and these three promises create baggage in our lives. Let me give you those three, and I bet we all can see some baggage from these three. And then we'll talk about how to find freedom from it. Number one, three promises mammon makes and only God can deliver. Mammon offers you this, security. Number one, security. If you just have enough, your future can be secure. Now, let me say this, I believe in savings and I believe in investing, but that's not my source and provider for my future. My future, my faith, my trust is in God and God alone, but I'm gonna walk wise. But you can turn on a TV and you can see all these things about have peace of mind, have security, have safety, and and I get all that, but listen, it ultimately comes from God, but mammon will say, if you just have enough money, you'll find peace and security, and there, I don't know, there's a greater lie. You'll never have enough. You're always wanting more, why? Because the spirit of mammon is never satisfied. It will always drive you to have more. You can have peace of mind with enough. You know, a few weeks ago, again, the market went down and people lost millions. Again, where's the security? You can, you can be secure if you just had enough money. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. let's see what the word says. Those who trust in their riches will fall but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Let me say that, if you don't believe me that there's not security and, and having money and peace and stuff, ask Kanye. <laughs> I don't mean that ugly. I don't know how you rack up $53 million in personal debt. But ask, ask the celebrities, ask the stars. And in fact, I, I heard a, a quote by Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey said, I think I probably have this later on, but Jim Carrey said this, I wish that everybody would find fame and fortune because then everybody would understand it does not solve your problems. It doesn't. There is no security but in God, amen? And I don't care what this world does. I wanna be wise. I wanna be wise with my finances, but I wanna be of the remnant that trusts God. Let the the economy can go wherever it goes, up, down, based on man's whim and other countries and presidents and candidates, but my my well-being is secure in God and who he is in my heart and my life, amen? I'm a child of God. I'm of the remnant that believes he will take care of me. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory. I don't have to look to DC. I don't have to look to Wall Street. I don't have to look to the next candidate. I can look to God and God alone. Amen? 
Your security is not with money, it's with God and God alone. It reminds me of the lady who won uh, the lottery, it was $17 million, and so she called, uh, the house called home, and her boyfriend was there and said, pack your bags, I just won $17 million. And he said, should I, should I pack it for someplace warm or should I pack it for someplace cold? She says, I don't care, I just want you gone by the time I get home. <laughs> Security. Hebrews 13, five through six says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money. It will say the love of money, it's meaning mammon, the God of money, trying to get your affection. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, come on, here is where our contentment comes from. Here's where our security comes from because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you and never will. That's security. That's security right there. There couldn't be a more secure statement for my life or the life of a believer than that right there. He will never leave me or forsake me. I am secure in that. Number two, a promise he'll, he'll uh, promise you but cannot deliver, identity, identity. You will be somebody. So he wants to give you a false sense of security. It creates baggage, a false sense of identity. It creates baggage. So we go buy stuff with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. That's just the reality of it all. It's amazing and then we wonder what in the world, why would we even care? But yet we get in that trap, we get in that cycle, we keep doing it, it's crazy, the pressure. We get addicted to spending, we get addicted to image, we get addicted to gambling, and you can't stop it. And sometimes we buy into mammon's promise and now we have baggage. And Jesus says this, Luke 12, 15, New Living Translation, then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. It's not, mammon will lie to you and tell you it is, but it is not measured by how much you own. It's not your identity. Your car is not your identity. Your house is not your identity. The clothes you wear, they are not your identity. Now he wants you to have good stuff, but they can't have you. They can't have you. Uh, some of us are carrying baggage based on a false identity. So where does identity come from? I'm glad you asked, let me tell you. Your identity comes from God, amen? Your identity comes from God. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, the scripture says in Jeremiah, God knew you. He shaped you, he created you for something special. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Psalms 139, 13 through 14 says this, for you, uh, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Listen to this last phrase. I know that full well. I know that what? The problem is some of us don't know it full well. Therefore, we're buying into the lies of mammon and it's creating baggage. But if we will change our thinking and get in line with our identity comes from God and who he is in us and know that full well, we will walk freer in life. The knowledge of God. Some of you do not know that full well. Mammon comes along and says, I can make you somebody. Don't fall into that lie. And the third promise that he promises makes and cannot deliver is happiness. Mammon says that you can be happy, happy, happy. And we all know this one to be a lie. There's plenty of miserable, unhappy, rich, wealthy people. And we think, man, if I just had their money, I'd be a whole lot happier than they are. Not if you didn't have the right mind or the right heart. Mammon will mess you up. Mammon, it doesn't give you happiness. It doesn't give you happiness. Ecclesiastes 5.10, New Living Translation says this, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Well, where do you find happiness? Romans 4, 7 through 8, listen to this. 
Happy are those whose wrongs are forgiven, amen, whose sins are pardoned. Happy is the person whose sin uh, the Lord will not keep account of, amen. Saved, delivered, sanctified. Listen, I'm not necessarily, I'd rather be guilt-free and shame-free than debt-free. But listen, my debts have been paid in Jesus' name. Spiritually, I'm debt-free. Spiritually, I'm debt-free. And my happiness is found in the work of the cross and what Jesus did for me. No matter what I've done, what I'm doing, or what I will do, he has set me free from the power of sin. Amen? No more guilt, no more shame. That's what makes me happy. But mammon will lie to you and compete with God for that. Create baggage in your life. Let it go, release it under the Lord. Find the true happiness that only comes through him. He has set you free. So how do we unpack the lack? That's the title, unpack the lack. How do we unpack the lack? Well, you need to make sure that you have um, God's spirit on your money and not the world's spirit on your money. And let me say this, I, I know the message of giving. I, I know that the message when preachers talk about that, it kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of some people's neck. That's how spiritual this topic really is. But I want you to know there's been abuses on both ends of the spectrum. There's been people in my profession that has abused the giving to hyper-prosperity and they've lived at the expense of people giving generously. I know that I wish that would never happen and I, and I say this all the time, I hate turning on late night TV, I, I just don't. I, I, I shouldn't do that, I don't know why, I keep going back to that. Uh, and I know there's a message that talks about uh, lack and, and poverty as a, as, a, as a sign of sacrifice and holiness and can I just say, Jesus bore all that so you could live a life that is blessed. He wants to resource you. He wants to not only meet your need, he wants to give you more than your need so you can bless somebody else. If you're living in poverty and lack, I mean, he needs you resource to change the world. He wants you to be blessed and he wants you to enjoy the stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have you. And so I know there's two extremes here. So I want you to open up your heart and let's listen to the world and see how we can get, let's listen to the word, not the world. Let's listen to the word, word and see how we can get the spirit of God on our money and not the spirit of this world because we're here to be a blessing on this earth. You need to have the right spirit on it. First Timothy 6, 9 through 10 says this. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruins and destructions. What's the next one? For the love of money, the spirit of mammon, the god of mammon, is a, mammon is a god, is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, did you get that, that some people have wandered from the faith? Why? Because they didn't pay enough attention to what spirit they were putting on their money. And mammon, as we saw in the scripture, is the only thing that tries to set itself up as equal to God. And so if we're not purposeful and intentional in understanding this and putting the spirit of God on our money by how we use it, then the spirit of mammon's there and it eventually will take us that way. Create baggage in our life. And so even if you're a believer, and let me say this, even if you're a believer, listen, this is not a heaven and hell issue. You're going to heaven if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. But while you're on this earth, he wants you to live a blessed life so you can be a blessing to other people, amen? He wants us to live a life in a way that we can bless and make the greatest impact. Let's take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. Let's use unrighteous mammon to make friends so one day when our life is over, there'll be a welcoming committee of people in heaven because we use our money the right way, amen? It's not a heaven and hell issue. But we wanna use it the right way. God made it simple. 
God made it simple. How do we get God's spirit on our money? How do we get it blessed? We need the thoughts that line up with the truth of God's word. God says everything on earth is his. Everything on earth is God's in the fullness thereof. He's given you the ability to attain wealth, cre- attain wealth, creativity, wisdom, all the things that man would take credit for come from God. And he gives you a portion of resources. And as a show of honor to God, he says he wants you to return a portion back to him. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Bring the whole tithe. Tithe is a word for 10%. This is God. Return the whole tithe, the 10%, into the storehouse, the place that you worship, that there may be food in my house. Test me. The only place you see test me in this Prove me, God says in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and and vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord God Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And I know some of you might sit there and think, you know what, you're a pastor, you need to say that. What do you need money for? And let me say this, this is really for you. This is for you. Because when I read this, and if you guys will back up to nine or 10, let's, let's take a, a 10 or 11. Bring the whole time in this, tithe in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's for the church, okay? But then listen to this, because this is for you. Then says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw up the flood, open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a bless, blessing. You don't even have a room enough to contain it. It doesn't say when you, the congregant, brings the tithe in the house, he'll open the window of heaven and pour such a blessing the church can't contain it. He doesn't say when you, the congregant, bring your tithe into the storehouse that he doesn't, he's rebuking the devourer for the church's sake. He doesn't say when you bring the tithe in the storehouse, he's making sure the church's fruit does not fall from its vine before its time. Come on, this is for you. This is for your blessing and your benefit. Now, he does say then there'll be meat in his house to do what we need to do. You know what God's doing? God's getting a twofer. A two for one. You bring it in, the church has what it needs to do to fulfill its mission, and in the meantime, you get blessed to be a blessing. It's a win-win. Now, listen, I know, Pastor, you have to say that, or a member of your staff, and I want to tell you, ask someone that does not get paid from Tree of Life Church, ask a tither. Does it work? Come on, tithers, does it work? Don't ask me. Don't ask an employee. Don't ask an employee of this ministry. Ask a tither. Why? Because God's word works. In fact, in fact, the knowledge of God will destroy, demolish the strongholds in your life. God's obligated to his word. Get rid of the baggage by changing our thinking and get our mindset in line with the knowledge of God's word and apply it to our life. The word works. The word works, amen? Let me give you, then how do I let go of some of my baggage that I've accumulated? How do, how do I do that? How do I get the spirit of God on my, uh, on my resources and money and not the spirit of this world. Number one, return the first. Return. I said return, not give, because giving denotes ownership and understand all this is God's. Everything you have is God's. And he's asking for you to return a portion back unto him. It's not yours. And he says, return a portion back to me. He says, in order, do you have, in order for you to have the right spirit on it, give me back what's mine, a portion. Key word, at first, return the first, meaning order. Order is important to God. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor, say honor. honor. 
honor the Lord. When you return a portion back to him, which he's asking, it honors him. And God honors those who honor him. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then when you honor God and you get the order right, then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. I don't see any baggage there. I don't see any baggage there. I see freedom. As the Bible says, when God provides, he does so without sorrow. There's no baggage attached to what God does and what God gives. So, Deuteronomy 14, let's take a look at this, 14, 22, 23. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all your fields, uh, fields produce each year. Goes on to say this, and then the tithe of your grain, new wine, olive oil, firstborn of your herds and flocks, in the presence of the Lord your God, at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name, so that you may learn to revere your God always. If he's chosen you to this place, guess what? This is the storehouse. You want to get God's spirit on your finances? Follow the word. Don't follow my word, follow his word. I believe it. I live this way. My wife and I, we live this way. We always have. I grew up in a family. I was taught to tithe when I was a kid. She was taught to tithe when she was a kid. I know not everybody grew up that way, so maybe it's a harder thing to wrap your brain around because the spirit of mammon is very strong and you haven't maybe been taught. But once you know the truth, the truth will set you free, but you got to operate in it. Tree Life believes this. Tree Life is extremely generous in missions and local outreach and feeding people, family life center. You see it all the time. We're very generous and the, it, the word works. The word works works. So return the first, the 10%. And it's 10%. It's a percentage. Why is it a percentage? So it's equal for everybody. It's not equal gifts. It's equal sacrifice. So everybody can participate no matter what your income is. Everybody can. Then he says, that's for me. That 10% is for me, honoring me. And he goes, I'll let you keep the 90 and I'll bless it. Because you honored me, I'll bless the 90. That's why you hear me say from time to time, the 90 with the blessing of God or the spirit of God on it will go farther than the 100 with the spirit of mammon every single time. Every time. It doesn't add up in our brains, but we need to have new thoughts. New thoughts that line up with the knowledge of God to demolish the strongholds in our life. That the 90 blessed by the spirit of God has a power to go far beyond the 100 with the spirit of this world on it. That's how that works. So if you turn the 10%, he blesses what you keep. But listen, I'm gonna say this. I want you to hear me, I want you to hear me in this. He blesses the 90, what you keep, but he doesn't bless everybody equally. Now, let me explain that for a second. Because God watches over what you do with the rest, right? And how you steward the rest results in his blessing proportionately on your life. Not everybody stewards the 90 well. Now listen, he wants you to enjoy it, but he also has a mission for you on this planet. He wants people to come to the knowledge of Christ. He wants people's lives to be changed forever. So if you are managing the 90 in line with his want, heart, and desire, guess what he's gonna do? He's gonna keep blessing you, blessing you, blessing you. But if you're managing the 90 in line with your want and desire, you would do the same. We do that. We do that, we look at things that way. In fact, that's number two, let me give you number two. Steward the rest, steward the rest, manage the rest well. If he sees you're managing it well, he gives you more. If he sees you're not, he does not. The question is, are you a good steward or manager of the part that he lets you keep? Because that part matters also. Need to leverage it to make the biggest difference possible. You know what, I think of that in terms of my kids. When I give my kids something, how they manage that, how they treat that, well, depends on what I'll do for them next, right? You buy your kid an iPhone or whatever, you spend that money and they lose it, sorry. You didn't keep up with it. 
You didn't take care of it. Why'd you leave it out? Why'd you, why, come on, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you would do the same thing. But we can't expect God then to just do something that we wouldn't even do. So how you steward it is important to God as well. Steward the rest. He wants you to enjoy it, live a blessed life, but God is watching how we handle it. So we need to be mindful of that. Luke 16, 10 through 12. Go back to one of our original passages. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Keep hold of that, true riches. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one. You wouldn't. Now listen. He wants you to enjoy life, but he's watching how you use the money that he's entrusting you with. God's saying, I'm watching, take care of it. If you do well, if you do well with that, you get the ultimate place. You get to the ultimate place. You get to be in charge of true riches. (gasps) True riches, what is that? What are true riches? True riches are the only thing on earth that will be around forever, and the only thing on earth that lasts forever is... People, true riches to God are people. There is nothing of greater value to God than people. He paid the ultimate price to his son for people, true riches. If you manage the rest that he gives you well, guess what? Then you get to engage in true riches. You get to be a blessing to people. You can be a great blessing to people. You can be an awesome blessing to people. God says, I'm looking for someone who gets it, someone who blesses others and makes a difference. Make everything you have count for eternity. Because the true riches in life are people. We hear this all the time. You can't take it with you. What are the only things you can take to heaven with you? People. So use what you have been given and trusted with here to make the biggest difference possible and God will entrust you with true riches. Put you in places that you can help people find their eternity in him, in Christ. Return the first. uh, Steward the rest. And let me give you the third one and I gotta close with this one. Focus on true riches. Focus on true riches. Am I really someone the Lord can trust with this? Can he? I trust him, can he trust me? Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, which is temporary, where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Now notice here, it does not say where your heart is, your treasure will be. Notice that. It's preached that way all the time, but it's not true. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. How are you stewarding what God has entrusted you with? When I read that last statement, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, you know what that says to me? You know what that speaks to me? That's how I release my baggage. Isn't that what being baggage free is? Your heart to be free to pursue all that God has you. You're not carrying those burdens, those weights, those hurts with you. Uh, To me that says, if if I understand how I can put the spirit of God on my finances, how we just discussed, because then my heart will follow where my finances go, then I can live a baggage free life 
in relation to my finances and resources while this world is consumed by the spirit of mammon and it's destroying people like crazy, but not me, not this remnant of believers that will trust God at his word and the knowledge of God and demolish the strongholds in our life by getting our thoughts and our lives in line with his word and therefore we can be free and let go all the baggage that tries to weight us down, overwhelm us, stress us, destroy our marriages, destroy our kids, our self-identity, our self-esteem, all the baggage we've been carrying around. You follow the principles of God and put your treasure where God says to put your treasure and you can live a life free of the baggage of money. Amen? He's a good and faithful God. He's a good God. Remember, we are spiritual beings that have earthly experiences. This is but a vapor here. So let's get our life in line with the word of God. Let's get new thoughts that will affect our behavior. Let's get our treasure where God says it should be or the knowledge of God says it should be and allow that to demolish the strongholds in our life and let us live baggage free. Change the way you think. Return the first, steward the rest and focus on true riches. Get God's spirit on it. Unpack the lack. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.